Episode 8 of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. I am one of your co-hosts, Bryce Henderson, and uh, today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 8 of Corey in the house, Just Desserts. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my co-host, Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Uh, Don't call it a hot streak, because it's not. No, it's definitely over. What a shame. So quickly. <laughs> they But this episode was written by the guy who wrote the pilot. Which only makes sense that this is why we uh, got the episode that we did. Because it's kind of like, what do we know about these characters? Uh, let's throw that out the window. Let's make them whoever we want them to be. And uh, do kind of a little funny bit where Corey cares about money and has to learn a lesson. And call it a day. He's lazy, right? At this point, that we could decide that the person who wrote the pilot in this episode just lazy. Yeah, la- lazy writer. Absolutely. Uh, um, this was also episode one thirteen. As we said last week, do we think this is the end of the production order, or the end of the first set of episodes? I think it is, like and it? and I believe that they felt like they went out on a hot streak. I, I think that they felt that this was a good episode in their eyes mm-hmm. it's not it's definitely not. not not a good episode uh we're kind of like diving right into it geez i love it um so just to to let everyone know today we are going to try to do a, a little bit of a a shorter episode um i've had definitely a, a long week and um but i still felt that i wanted to to talk some of this out so we need Corey. we do uh now more than ever so um, we open up with this episode with Mina wearing, uh, what I wrote as, uh, probably traditional cultural garb, uh, kind of similar to what we saw in the, uh, the second episode of the show when she was, you know, all against her, her culture, having the, con- the conflict within. So she's wearing some of her, uh, traditional garb and she brings into the courtyard of the school to Corey and Newt, uh, what is probably the most central aspect of this episode, the Nikishka. Ren, what's the Nikishka? Uh, lemon drizzle cake. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, uh, it looks like a little pastry. And then she pours on uh, what I can only assume is an offensive chant. Uh, she pours on the yes. lemon drizzle <laughs> to to this pastry. So she presents it in front of them and they're like, oh, we're ready. And she's like, hold on. Uh, I don't even want to try to repeat it because as I said, I'm sure it's offensive and she pours it on and then she goes, okay, now you can dig in. Um, Corey and Newt go feral. Yeah. They don't even (laughs) save a piece for Mina. They like rip it from each other, rip through this pastry. Um, Corey says that he would marry it if it had a dress. So that is all that is keeping Corey from marrying a pastry. If it's in a if dress, it wore clothes, he'd marry it. <laughs> if it wore woman's clothes, he would marry a pastry. <laughs> Corey, Corey would definitely consider uh, putting a ring on it. 
Um, Newt's reaction to it, he says, I don't say this often, but awesome. But more importantly, Corey's reaction to it. <laughs> Every day is a holiday in Corey's eyes because, um, so, so Corey says, have you ever thought about selling these? And Mina is like, uh, no, I only make it for the holiday. I don't even believe it that she labels the holiday. She just says the holiday. And um, so the, our button for this cold open is Corey saying to Mina, between your baking skills and my business skills, every day is going to be a holiday. And what holiday is that, Ren? Payday. It's payday. Look at the- Corey exploiting another culture for profit. <laughs> he never learns. He never learns. Yeah, I wrote, I hate how Corey says it. Corey is so excited to so vile. make money off of another culture and completely disregard, as we learned through this episode, any of the importance or significance behind what the pastry is and what it could potentially mean to Mina. Why does that matter when Corey could be putting money in his own pockets? Um, Ren, I gotta say, at least with the um, episode... Uh, two weeks ago where um, Corey had people sneak into the white house to take pictures of Sophie in the kitchen. Um, at least in that episode, he need, like wanted his money for a reason, right? Like there was a driving force. This episode, there was really no driving force as to why he wanted money in his pockets. Yeah. Corey needed the money in that episode. He doesn't need it in this one. No, it's just, um we're supposed to just accept that like oh here's that Corey always up to his schemes which we are we are supposed to accept that but um at least previously there was more of a setup as to as to what that looked like um so like I said it's gonna be a kind of a shorter episode so we're not gonna dive into any of the guest stars there was no one who was super interesting um anyway so we're gonna just kind of continue on with talking through this episode um so we come back from the opening credits and Corey is taking pictures of the nakishka uh do you think how long do you think Corey had been taking pictures (laughs) i don't know like (laughs) maybe 30 minutes i'm gonna go with 45 minutes uh newt and mina what what do you th- what is in it for Newt and Mina? Their friendship with Corey. Presume this is this was the thirteenth episode written. How do how do the writers in the writers room justify their continued friendship with Corey at this point? <laughs> well, that's a great question because in this scenario, as we already said, like Mina is straight up exploited. Um, Corey disregards she who she there's is. There's some weird stuff with Mina this episode. Would you agree with Mina towards Corey? Yes. Uh, really weird stuff that wasn't present <laughs> before. No, and I, I tried to note it whenever she says it. Um, and so it, it'll come up soon. I don't want to kind of uh, put the, the horse in front of the cart here. Yeah. Um, or the cart in front of the horse, but I will <laughs> we'll definitely <laughs> we'll definitely talk about what was up with, with Mina and Corey. Yeah. Um, so also we learn that it takes an hour. Later on, we learn that it takes an hour to make a single Nikishka. With love. With love. It takes a, an hour to make a single one. Remember, in the opening here, Corey and Newt went feral and ate one that Mina gave gave them. Yeah. 
So now in this next scene, there is yet another Nikishka. So this is another hour of Mina's life put into this Nikishka so Corey can take photos of it with a beach backdrop. Well, it's for their website, our website, as Corey says. <laughs> Do you think Mina and Newt think that they're going to get any money out of this? Is that why they go along with it? I don't even think Mina and Newt expect any money out of this. Mm-hmm. To me, it just feels like a genuine plot hole. They get nothing out of it. So hear me out with thinking right. about who Newt and Mina are. We've heard them both talk about parental pressures. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that they're friends with Corey because it's like out of rebellion against their As parents? an act of rebellion? Like, I could see it. If they bring Corey home to meet their parents, as Mina has already introduced Corey to her parents, and her parents were no, not a big fan of Corey whatsoever. Is that why they are friends with Corey? Maybe, but Newt seems to genuinely like him, and Mina has dropped some vibes this episode. But I also think Newt could be friends with a tree. And That's true. be fine and have his own conversations. He kind of... I just picture that he, he kind of wanders and this is just the direction that he happens to wander. They'll all probably lose touch after high school. Yeah, there, there's no way that they're um, staying together. That's for sure. So, as Corey's taking pictures of this Nikishka uh, with a beach backdrop, uh, he's saying things such as, you're saucy, you're so saucy. Is it... No, I'm not even going to ask questions <laughs> about it. Um, so Corey's idea is to open up a international Bahavian dessert factory. He wants to name it that because it sounds like a big organization. It sounds official. And he, Corey's like, yeah, I have the answer to everything. And Mina says here, uh, Corey, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you always know the answer? Corey's like, I just do. It's weird. Is this what you were talking about with their weird interactions? This was a big part of it, mm-hmm. but there, I'll, we'll get to it later. There was okay. there was one shot of Mina looking at Corey that I felt was very deliberate. Oh, I, I may have completely missed it then, so make sure to stop me when, um, okay. when it pops up. So, um they are in this scene so the setting um because we didn't explain that they are uh at like the white house in Corey's lounge or whatever the Corey and victor's lounge or wherever that space is and um cory is called into the kitchen by miss samuels so he goes in there um and he asks has samantha samuels we've not seen in a while that's right and i didn't hate seeing her this episode she wasn't super present either, but so that helped. Yeah. Um, Corey comes in, says, uh, Samantha, uh, what brings you down? As in, like, what brings you down stairs? She answers, rainy days and Mondays. <laughs> Good joke. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was thought it was good. Kind of a little little nod to Samantha Samuels being a real human being who is apparently not doing super great. <laughs> uh, so we learned that the president and first lady are away this week. Um, Another mention of the first lady. Yep. Yeah, so we know she exists. And so Samantha Samuels is, uh, she jokes at first about being, uh, while the president's away, she's in charge. And then Victor's like, that's not true. Victor calls her out and she's like, yeah, okay. But I am in charge of the afternoon's banquet. 
uh, honoring, it's a President Medals Banquet, honoring Susan Bushwick, who's a doctor who has done work with the overly stressed. Would you go to her? Oh, as someone who, do I feel overly stressed? It's, I thought it was interesting um, because I do in my life feel, definitely I feel anxiety. I feel stress. Um, Sometimes I do feel overly stressed, but the people who we later meet who have done work with Susan Bushwick and identify as overly stressed, I feel like they're, um, there's more to it than just they are feeling overly stressed. That's very true. As we learn with, uh, we'll get to him later, but Mr. Trumbles. Mr. Uh, Mr. Trumbles. Mr. <laughs> Trumbles. Yes. Um, so Corey asks what the overly stressed is and Samantha tells Corey, don't interrupt me. And Victor's like, that's it. So maybe Samantha Samuels is someone who also needs to see Dr. Susan Bushwick. How do you feel about Samantha Samuels yelling at the help? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I feel actually pretty great about it, considering <laughs> that she's down to um, deliver a contract because Corey at this point is a threat to the nation. Yeah, it's been 13 script- Corey in the house scripts. They know that he can do some real damage. <laughs> and I got to give um, Samantha Samuels... Or whoever, honestly, the, the writer, I can't believe that it was the head writer um, who wrote this one, but whoever came up with the idea that Samantha Samuels or anyone should try to get ahead of Corey um, because they know that Corey is going to cause a problem. So Samantha has created a contract for Corey to sign. Um, I wrote some of it down. So uh, if Corey signs this contract, which he does, uh, Corey Baxter promises not to interfere, harass, or be seen or heard anywhere near the presidential medal banquet. Feels fair, right? Yep, earned, earned. Mm-hmm. Because we've only seen him rip his pants and fall in <laughs> horseshit and- Nearly uh, cause an international incident. Yeah, by harassing Mina's parents. Uh, so he needs to stay far away from anything official. Um, and also Samantha came up with this, this idea because she states that she needs to show the president she can be trusted while he's away, which leads me to believe that she did something like she messed up recently. (laughs) She fell asleep in the Lincoln bedroom (laughs) and he went in and he was like, uh, he was like, anyone who sleeps in the Lincoln bedroom deserves, uh, you know, does not deserve to be on my staff. And she was like, I will never do it again. Little does she know that the president's been snoozing there very often. What a hypocrite. Doesn't surprise me. True President Martinez. So uh, Corey thinks that this contract is perhaps too far because of how many, like, um... and then Victor's like, ah, it makes sense because there's been a lot of incidents, accidents, schemes, problems. Uh, So like you and I were saying, totally earned. Um, so Corey signs, right? And uh, now we meet Professor Bushwick or Dr. Bushwick. She comes in to the kitchen. Victor, super cordial, like, hi, so nice to meet you. Um, here's the menu we were thinking about for the banquet. And she's like, she hates it. Victor really fucked this one up, huh? 
Yeah, he didn't think at all <laughs> about who the audience is. Completely insensitive? <laughs> totally insensitive. He comes up with uh, his menu is not relaxed. Um, it features firecracker shrimp with buckwild rice. Which, by the way, uh, later on, based on what we learned about Mr. Trumbles, do we? I feel like this menu actually would have been spot on for him. It would have. He would, he would have been have, satisfied by it. Yeah, he would have really liked it. And so Chef Victor learns this, is like realizes that this isn't a good idea. So he's like, what about mellow meatballs with lazy lima beans? I would not put meatballs and lima beans. Yeah, what a disaster of a menu, Chef Victor. Uh, I, I've never heard of that combination. I don't know what he does to the lima beans. I don't, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> but... I think it's just because it's an alliteration that he feels okay about it. He's like, if I say mellow, if I say lazy, then she'll be okay. And she is. She's like, that's so much better. Um, also, we learned that her book is called Calm the Heck Down, which gets a big laugh from either the live audience or the, the laugh track that's thrown in there. As we've learned, it's a live audience. Yes. Um, I didn't think it was that funny. Uh, did you catch the very soft laugh in the next scene? No. Is there... Well, there were, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. We'll okay. just start recapping it all. Um, and that's when we also learn that there's a page two of the contract. Page two iterate, uh, yeah, iterates that there are no wacky business schemes, which puts Corey in quite the situation. Because that's all he is. That's the whole episode. What's Core going to do without his schemes? I I don't know. That's literally without his his wacky business schemes, he's nothing. Uh, So Corey reads it and he goes, dang. And don't worry, on the contract, page four, no dings. No dings allowed. (laughs) Did you think, um, did you think that... This was interesting because last, I, I think it was last week we were talking about Corey's catchphrases. I did. This is it. I immediately thought of the same thing when this came up. Yeah. And one of the ones that was listed on the Wikipedia page is ding. Um, and like no daddy, which I think we also hear in this episode as well. But um, yeah, I think we hear a variation of it. Yeah. I, I, ding was not something that I felt like really connected to Corey Mm-mm. until they did this joke, which then made it seem like without his him being able to say dang he's nothing dangless he's dangless so that's that's where we're left off right now and then we meet our b plot which was more like an f plot because it was pretty bad it was just kind of shoved in here i think altogether the three scenes that make up the the b plot combined is probably three minutes max in this episode and it's not intertwined at all with the main plot right so dis- i feel like this was shot for a different episode or written for a different episode mm-hmm. and then just jammed in here yeah uh so sophie that's right we're on sophie she's back in school which is a place that i never thought we'd see her again uh teacher came back tanisha came back yeah, all these... Looks all... like Sophie's going to get her own little supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Do you think if they were hoping that Sophie would get so popular, they could do a spinoff of her at school? I don't know if they were thinking that <laughs> far ahead so early, but I definitely think they saw star potential in her. Yeah, 
they said they, so they wanted to exploit it as much as possible sophie's gonna carry this thing um and unfortunately sophie can't even carry a b-plot <laughs> on her own so the line that got a very little laugh was sophie's she whispers something at the very beginning and there's like one soft laugh in the audience um it's let's see if i have i don't think i have it because I, I go straight into uh the bicycle party which it's, it's while tanisha's handing out the invitations yeah it's like um i think what it is is it's uh if i recall tanisha's passing them uh, so tanisha announces she says i'm gonna pass these out because i need to invite everyone and then sophie says something like uh like like i'd want to go something like that yeah, some, something like that. Yeah, like she's like, like I'd want to go to your stupid party. Like it's a so, very soft laugh in the audience. Um, which probably that's all that she deserves, uh, if that. And so she, uh, Tanisha stands up. The, this teacher says, I'm going to, I need a break. Uh, well, she says, I need a break. And then hesitates. And she's like, just kidding. I need to go grade some papers. Uh, Tanisha's going to pass out some birthday invites. Tanisha says she needs to invite everyone. So she's not super thrilled. This is like Sophia's, uh, Sophie's enemy, not Sophia. Sophie's enemy. It's Tanisha. Um, so Tanisha gives Sophie an invite. And it looks like a bicycle. Sophie is like, you're having a bicycle party? And Tanisha's like, yeah. Sophie's like, what if you can't ride a bike? Tanisha's like, you can't ride a bike? And then Sophie takes it back immediately. She's like, no, I'm just saying, what if? Like, I can definitely ride a bike, but what if you can't ride a bike? Um, this was... The truth, Bryce. You can't ride a two-wheeler. Uh, I, I, can, I can totally ride a two-wheeler. No, you can't, and you're not coming to my birthday party because of it. Okay, well, even if I can't, daddy's going to teach me. Your daddy's not coming home anytime soon. <laughs> and scene. That's pretty much how it goes. Um... <laughs> the hostility from Tanisha to Sophie because she can't ride a bike. It's a great... Also, what is, what is a bike birthday party? Like, you just gather in a parking lot and ride around on your bike? <laughs> ride around like a gang do some wheelies around some old people yeah about their <laughs> like what is what is a bicycle birthday party do or maybe like it's games and it's just the theme is bicycles in which case if you can't ride a bike it's not going to be a problem yeah if, if i get a birthday card shaped like a bicycle my assumption is oh this is a bicycle themed birthday mm -hmm. not i have to bring my bicycle to this birthday party yeah because the last I, I mean maybe tanisha has the space in washington dc for i don't know 20 like second graders or first graders to ride around on their bike but then all these kids need to bring their own bike or maybe tanisha's supplying the bikes maybe they're just this these kids are just so privileged that they can assume that their mm -hmm. peers will be able to bring their bike it'll be easy yeah, the, um, so we learned Sophie can't ride a bike. She's embarrassed. And um, all the kids in the class circle Sophie and start <laughs> chanting, Sophie can't ride a bike over and over. They straight up Thunderdome her. <laughs> they do. They're like pushing her around. Um, <laughs> she falls to the ground. Um, she does not fall to the ground, but uh, they do. They, they encircle her. And finally, the, the teacher, teacher comes a over. Long time to break it up. 
She does, because there's obvious animosity right from the start of the conversation, but the the teacher finally comes over. She says, that's enough. Fun's over. And Sophie's like, you call that fun? So, I don't know. Um, and Sophie's in a little bit of a pickle here, because she needs to learn how to ride a bike soon, right? All right. Back to our dessert story. Um, we are back in the kitchen, the White House, and we learn that uh, Victor has self-proclaimed baker's block because he can't come up with a dessert that is calm yet tasty. Bryce, can you think of a dessert that's <laughs> calm yet tasty? I'm so glad you asked me this. Uh, an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, ice cream, brownie, mm-hmm. cookie, any cake, any <laughs> pound cake, angel food cake strawberry shortcake really again i'll repeat any cake they're all calm yet tasty <laughs> victor can't think of one though is it like i th- i what i think it is is victor is stuck on the alliteration that seemed to go so well with dr bushwhack i think it's important that we recognize that victor owned an, a restaurant called the chill grill <laughs> and uh, coming up with a menu that is calming and chill is not one of his strengths, apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, luckily, Corey's nearby. Um, <laughs> I'm, just la- I'm <laughs> laughing at my own note here. Um, Corey pitches the Nakishka to Samantha Samuels and Victor. He says, oh, I want you to try this. This could be something that you like. Which, by the way, this is yet another Nikishka that turn that Corey seems to have his hands on. So this makes three, three hours. No, it takes an hour to make them. Yes. So three hours of of uh, Mina's time has gone into this bit. Still, three um, hours of her time, and she's been nice enough not even to mention how long it takes to make them. Yes. <laughs> um. So he he gives it to Victor and Samantha. And my favorite thing about this is he then I wrote he insults his way through adding the the lemon cream because <laughs> he he like imitates what Mina did, um, which was already probably offensive. And Corey now like mimics the offensiveness by adding it on. It's awful. It's Corey, just, it's terrible. Corey does not treat this cultural delicacy with the respect it deserves. Um, so he adds the cream. Um, and then Samantha calls him out. He's like, uh, she's like, this is great. But if this is one of your wacky business schemes, it's going to violate the contract. So Corey's like, ah, oh, not a wacky business scheme. It comes from the International Bahavian Dessert Factory. Samantha thinks it sounds legit. Um, and why wouldn't she? Corey told her. Yeah. <laughs> the no, exact Corey. person who she just had signed a contract that he wouldn't pretty much cause any uh major disaster or even set foot or breathe anywhere near uh her banquet she now is like yeah i trust them um so they think they're great and victor wants an order of 36 so Corey offers to put the order in himself which is not sketchy at all right uh samantha's uh... so this whole segment (laughs) like I had to stop and kind of think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. What what's Corey doing to pay for the? How is he paying himself? Is is he using? Is his dad giving him his credit card? Is Samantha Samuels <laughs> just letting Corey use the White House account on his website that he just invented? 
how is this money being transferred to Corey without them realizing? Corey uses Venmo. Corey, Corey says, uh, makes up a Venmo for the International Bahavian Dessert Factory and says, yeah, you can just Venmo the factory. And Samantha's willing to pay double. And Corey says, oh, well, it might take triple the amount of delivery cost to get it here on time. So Samantha's like, all right, it's worth it. Do you yeah. know the Arthurian legend about the guy who throws his sword in the lake and the fairy offers him a better sword? But he says no. Oh, this is also used in Zelda all the time, so of course you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Uh, Corey, Corey would be the guy who would take the better sword. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Mm-hmm. Not even a question. And um, to your point, I, I do believe then where it does he maybe, if he does just have the White House's credit card, that this is potentially um, some kind of like embezzlement. Uh, scheme Corey gets his father well. arrested because of this <laughs> um and let's see if there's anything else with this oh yes there uh two things so uh i i did mention that Corey says oh it might take triple the cost and i said samantha's like yeah whatever it takes um but before that samantha's like triple and then Corey says factories what you gonna do um i felt this line was do? noteworthy because it's awful it's like factories what you gonna do and just uh, makes me so upset sometimes um let's see so they leave samantha and victor leave mina approaches Corey and is like what are you gonna do like this goes against your contract this is a wacky business scheme Corey says there's nothing wacky about helping people in need and right here they hold a mm. shot of mina looking at Corey, laughing and smiling at him for like a second longer than they usually do with these kind of interactions. And then, cause right after that, that's when Mina reminds, reminds us and reminds Corey that like, wow, you really do have the answer to everything. What a weird, weird mm-hmm. thing. It comes up. Um, she does this two or three times throughout the episode. This weird, like Corey has the answer to everything. And Corey's like, I do. Yeah. Um, she mentions it again near the end as well. It's strange. Um, so now we get uh, our first of two cooking sequences. Um, Corey in the house, the way they handle montages is I think that they, they're like, uh, they write the episode and then they realize it doesn't fill 21 minutes. And they're like, oh, what can we do? Let's make a very, because the montages are all super long. Every time we've seen weirdly, a montage. Weirdly. Um, I wrote down the steps. So in this montage, we get um, Corey's like, Mina, I'm going to give you all the time you need to make the, the Nakishkas while whatever, while I go count my money. I don't know what he, what he is going to do. Probably something would, stupid. Would um, you agree that this is the stronger of the two montages? I would. Yeah, Mina's much funnier in this. Um, and I wrote down the steps for how to make a Nakishka. Yeah, I, really, on... I actually liked that they went through it in a decent enough detail where you could recreate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so step one is you do a dance to Bahavian music. Do we see Mina do? Check. Uh, step two, you have to weigh the flower. And we see Mina moving flower using tweezers. It's definitely not the most effective way to do so, but... Not the most ineffective. No, it isn't. Definitely is not. 
Um, and then we uh, have Mina put gloves on really intensely to massage the dough. Sanitary. Safe. Mm-hmm. I like what I see. And now she takes a thermometer and she sticks it into the dough. Professional. <laughs> uh, I don't know if dough ever changes temperature. <laughs> what if outside it's, of the it, oven? It's adapting to the to Corey's uh, cold basement. Yeah, so maybe that that could be what it is, or maybe it's like really damp um, in the <laughs> the basement in the kitchen of the White House. So she's making sure that it's still you know holding the the same texture she needs it to. Um, she then uses a compass to make a perfect circle to like cut out the dough. She then puts on a, a mask that looks like it has like uh, 3D glasses, but they're cut out. And um, she then carves the dough. And finally, she um, uses a um, like a turkey baster to put filling into the pastry. And finally, <clears throat> Corey and Newt come in to check on the, the success. And... Um, she pulls out of the oven the single uh, Nikishka. Should they have seen this coming? They should have. They should have. Um, they should have. And unfortunately, they don't. And Corey's pissed. Corey now insults Mina because Mina's like, it took me an hour because I need to put in time for love and care. And Corey's like, you need to put in time for love and care. I, I can't do it, but he, he like makes fun of Mina rolling her R's, um, which is horrible. Corey's a good friend, and Mina's never liked him more. No, Mina's like, uh, Mina is, is in love with Corey right now. And how much time do they have to make 35 more? One hour. So Can I'm they con- do it? Uh, well, Mina thinks it's impossible. I mean, logically. <laughs> but Corey disagrees. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he lets his dad down, then he'll let Samantha down. And if he lets Samantha down, then Samantha will let the president down. And if the president is let down, then we all go in down. So that's right. This party is a reflection on President Martinez above all else. Yep. So th- these are the people that President Martinez has put in charge of his White House. He wants them all working there. He's okay. President Martinez knows the risk associated with having Corey um, live in the White House and still lets it happen. You must like it at this point. I think, I think President Martinez wants to be kicked out of the White House. You think he's sick of this? I think that he's already sick of this, and I think that he would like to retire in the country's eyes maybe write a nice little novel and live comfortably yeah so i think that that's the only reason why he's okay with cory pulling all this shit that he does um so now mina says uh, mina's like cory you're the one with all the answers like what do we do so again we get this reminder and Corey is like, oh, let's try skipping. Um, and Newt then begins skipping, like uh, the physical act of skipping around the kitchen. He does what he's told. Yeah, he does. Uh, and then um, 
Corey lets out uh, an illegal dang. And we get another montage. Ren, uh, what did you think of the second montage? Not as funny. Felt longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nikishka process loses its love. Corey taints so much flour, touching it with his hands. Newt's licking batter. <laughs> it's all a mess. The disaster. So I put down the steps um, for for these as well. Uh, step one is to put on hats. So this is like how to make Nikish- Nikishka's, but a lot quicker. Uh, put on hats, and we see Corey and Mina put hat- their like chef's hats on, and then Newt put his puts his on like a bonnet, um, which is interesting. Uh, they throw flour everywhere. So that's step two. Um, step three is Corey just punching dough. Uh, Mina like pile drives it. <laughs> Why is Mina okay with this? Mina's just given into the mania at this point. She goes along with whatever Corey and Newt do. She has no agency. Yeah, she's she's fine with that. Um, and then, because I, I, I feel like the episode, the real lesson of the episode should have been like, uh, don't steal from and then try to profit off of other people's culture. But uh, that point gets completely lost in here and not even uh thought about this episode has there's no thought to this episode so uh they also uh they show cory like cutting holes in the dough using soda cans which i think is pretty inventive uh i I wasn't opposed to that they then throw the dough like a baseball catch in an oven mitt cory puts it on a tray and then mina comically rolls over it with uh like a pin roller and uh, then they are ready to fill them with cream. This was like, uh, this is horrible. <laughs> uh, Mina talks about how they put a little pinch of cream in, in each of the pastries. Corey's like, we could do that. Or and he pulls out like a water gun. It's like a Nerf gun or something. Filled with uh this cream and he fires it rapidly how do you get that cream in there so creamily you know i feel like if you put cream into a water gun it wouldn't shoot out that smoothly i think it's custom built (laughs) custom cream yeah i do (laughs) this cory does not surprise me anymore he says hasta la vista baby as he like rapidly fills all these pastries with his cream Nerf gun. I hate it. I just don't like any of this. Um, And that's the end of that montage as we are brought into the second of three scenes related to our B plot. Uh, We get the president, which I thought he was just gonna be absent. I was okay with him being absent from this episode. Me too. Um, but sure enough, we get him and he's on air force one. Uh, Sophie gives him a call from the oval office. Ren, if you are the president's daughter, do you think that you can just go into the oval office whenever you want? Definitely not Bryce. There's Mm -hmm. some logistical issues here. Um, when the president is not in the oval office, is the oval office still in use or is it just for the president? 
it becomes the Sophie office when he's gone. In this world. I'm talking about in the real world. I think the Oval Office ceases to exist when the president's not in it. So it um, is gone. Um, yeah, kind of has like magical problems. Out of sight, out of mind. Uh, people ask how to get there. If the president's not in there, no one can point you for how to get there. You're lost. Okay. Uh, I'm okay with that being true. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Sophie's in the president's office and uh, she tells her dad, the president, that um, her first order as president would be to send Tanisha and her bicycle to the moon. Uh, I don't know if Sophie realizes, but Tanisha would um, freeze to death and die if she were sent to the moon. Do you think, what would have happened if the army actually obeyed Sophie? So this is something I think about too. So the scene ends, um, we'll talk about the kind of the meat of it in a second, but the scene ends with Sophie um, after being done on the phone with her dad, picking up the, the red phone, which is, I don't know, the like phone that calls to the army or whatever. And she pretends to say like, uh, hi, this is Sophie. Like send Tanisha directly to the moon. Um, I thought, I mean, there's a chance that the army did hear that. We don't see Tanisha again in this episode. That's right. She could have easily been taken. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that would affect the president's approval rating? I feel like he'd be impeached. <laughs> that would be on the front page of one of those, uh, like TMZ or like, uh, what is it? The Sun? Like one of yeah. those, like more. Um, fake news sources yeah, tabloidy. tabloidy and it'd be like a uh, president martinez a uh, president martinez's daughter ordered my daughter and her bicycle to be sent to the moon like or my daughter was stolen and sent to the moon by president <laughs> martinez's daughter the true inside story <sighs> um so sophie's calling her dad because this birthday party is coming up and she needs to learn how to ride a bike the president's like, oh, I can do it next week. And um, Sophie's like, you can't do it next week because I need to know how to do it like soon because the birthday party is tomorrow. And he's like, ah, I'm on my way to Cleveland. So I really can't. Uh, Cleveland is not that far away from D.C., Maybe he just really wants to lay low in the cleave for a few days. So, yeah, I, and I don't, I don't know why he's there for so long. Um, because I would think that if the president has business in Cleveland, that he can take Air Force One there in the morning and then very easily be home in the evening. It is not a two-day endeavor. It's not an overnight endeavor, that's for sure. Excuse me. No. So... Um, and, uh, she's like, I understand because even though you're my daddy, you're still the president. And this scene was weird, right? Yeah. Cause it's like, um, what, so what has- I thought, what I thought was happening yes. was Sophie was calling president Martinez to like guilt trip him back home, which that's kind of like the Corey in the house vibe. Yes. Something Corey would do like, yep. But it just ends up being this sincere conversation. But I don't think that works. So, yeah. So just to lay it out, the first episode of uh, the first scene of this plot 
is Sophie, us realizing Sophie can't ride a bike, feeling like she needs to know how to ride a bike to impress her classmates and not look like a fool, right? Yeah. The second scene is her calling her dad, the president, saying, hey, dad, I need you to help me. And the president's like, I would love to, but I can't because, and she's like, I understand because you're the president. So what, like with this, naturally, to me, the last scene of this storyline should be Sophie goes to the birthday party, has a bike, it's on training wheels. And they're like, I thought you were gonna learn to ride a bike. And she's like, and, and then Sophie responds back something like, you know, I was going to, and I'm still going to, but for now, like, there's nothing wrong with me using training wheels or something like that. And then, like, that's that's it. There was there were any number of ways that they mm-hmm. could have ended the storyline in a way that actually was relevant to Sophie's character in some mm-hmm. way and was relevant to what was actual actually the inciting incident for her yeah. storyline. Yeah, because I I'm actually really okay with them leaning into the storyline and that concept of um sophie uh sophie struggling with having her dad be the president of the united states and still needing a dad like i think that that's there's interesting content there even if you wanted to lean into the bicycle plot that itself Mm -hmm. could have been a whole episode of everyone trying their own methods of teaching sophie until the president comes home and maybe even leaning into that victor dynamic him being yeah stand-in father figure which they kind of hint at in the last scene but it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode and then it's passed off and it's it, nothing lands no um so this scene ends with pretty much the president is made to kind of like feel a little bit bad about it but at the same time he's in cleveland so what can you do uh, and sophie sends nisha to the moon um so we're back to our a plot um victor is like thanks so much for getting these i'm gonna bring him up to the overly stressed right now brings him up and then mina again is like wow Corey, you really do have all the answers Corey's like i do have the answers and look i even have uh saved us each an akishka a surprisingly kind act mm-hmm. from Corey. yes surprise <laughs> surprisingly kind until we find out that uh before they eat it mina does her ritualistic pouring of the lemon uh like the lemon sauce before they eat it newt shoves one into his mouth oh does he yeah remember it's oh he just eats it right away yeah he just eats it right away i thought he was still holding on to it so he just eats it right away yeah he's fine um and then Mina pours it onto uh, hers and Corey's, the lemon lemon sauce, and they explode. Corey just helped create thirty six explosive desserts for a room of overly stressed people in the White House all underneath the president of the United States. Corey's done it again. I, like, (laughs) I I have no words. How? He signed a contract. Um, he put baking soda in instead of baking powder. So that's the 
the incident, um, Newt recognizes that uh, it isn't just that, but it's how it uh, reacts to the uh, the lemon sauce, to which Newt says, my guess is the lemon sauce reacted with the baking soda uh, creates a cataclysmic, cat- uh, catalytic chemical reaction within the Nikishka. What do you think? The joke? So this is, I like it because last week, I also really enjoyed Newt all of a sudden having this one line that was just like, I'm going to say something that goes way over the head of the people who I'm with and feels so uncharacteristic of me, but shows that he's, he is smart. Um, so I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love if it's a, a running thing. If every episode Newt has that one line that just feels like that shows that he's smart and kind of couches a soft guard. Um, all right. Yes. Uh, so again, Corey has sent three dozen exploding Nikishkas to overly stressed out people. Mina is like, my name's Corey and I always have the answers. So Mina now mocks him for it. Uh, so we cut to upstairs to the banquet as uh, Dr. Bushwhack uh, introduces one of the overly stressed patients that she's had the pleasure of working with. Norman, uh, Samantha Samuels introduces him as Norman Trembles. And he's like, it's Trembles. Do you think that Samantha Samuels should have been fired for that blunder? She does it twice. She does not give two Fs about this guy's name. And Norman gives an inspirational speech. He said, before Dr. Bushwhack, I had the jumps, I had the shivers, and the occasional heebie-jeebies, but now I'm a mellow fellow. Uh, and then Victor claps because he's so inspired, and he like jumps because he doesn't like it. And Dr. Bushwag explains to Victor that uh, the overly stressed don't respond well to clapping or loud sounds, um, which is great because of what's about to happen um ren this is awful this i feel like three dozen exploding nikishkas should be so much funnier than what ultimately ends up happening this do you feel like this climax feels stilted Uh, i do i do because it's the same thing over and over yeah, it's just the same joke. Over and over for about two minutes. Uh, it, it carries itself for a, a long time, and there's not a lot of content within it. There's also um, no real arc to it. Nothing really changes. Corey, and they show up late. They don't manage to fix anything. Mm-hmm. By the time Corey jumps up on the table, it's... It's too late. So he... They run in, don't pour the lemon stuff, and... Uh, then of course it, he's they yell that just as people start pouring the lemon stuff, and the quichos are exploding left and right all throughout the room. Doctor Bushwhack tries to control the room and says, "Let's all stay mellow." And then um, one explodes behind her and she dives under a table, where there's conveniently a Nikishka placed placed 
and that explodes in her face. Um, there's a giant tray of Nikishkas that kind of collapse into each other. And Corey sees it and runs at it and jumps on top of them. And he's like, I probably should have thought through this. As he explodes, his body flies up and then uh, ragdolls on top of a table. And the table collapses. And then the real Corey jumps up. It says, coming daddy. In is- real life, Corey's bones would be shattered and he'd have <laughs> so much glass inside of him. How jarring would it have been if he stood up in <laughs> shards of shards of glass uh, sticking out of it? This could have been the last episode. Coming, Daddy. Um, explosions everywhere. Still, Chef Victor finally thinks it's done, and he's like, "Oh, I think we're finally through it." And the news like, "Oh, I got one more for you, Chef V," and then throws it his way and it explodes into Chef Victor's face. Um, Corey is a national threat at this point in time. He's a menace. Corey, it goes beyond his little schemes. Corey needs to be kept under lock and key somewhere other than the White House, very far away from any form of national representation and anyone who is of any importance this never would have happened on raven's spinoff it never would have raven would have seen this one coming from a mile away she would have stopped the exploding the kishkas (laughs) cory does not have psychic powers and thus did not know um so he this all happens dr bushwax upset that these people ruined her life's work and Mr. Trumbles is laughing and he, Mr. Trumbles believes that this whole exploding Nikishka ordeal was arranged to get everyone to relax and have fun. And he's giddy with pleasure. So then uh, all the other overly stressed people laugh with him, And Dr. Bushwhack is like, wow, Samantha Samuels, you really saved the day. Thank you. Victor's pissed. Should Victor still have a job? Probably not. <laughs> it's sad to say, but realistically, no. Would the show be gotten him fired already? Would the show be more interesting if, after three episodes or four episodes, Corey got Victor fired and they have to go back to San Francisco, where Corey's, uh, where Victor's, um, maybe wife is back from England and she's like, how to go in the white house? What are you doing back? Maybe we can pitch this. Mm-hmm. A spinoff, uh, maybe an alternate universe. There we go. So Victor's pissed. Uh, the next scene, Mina, Newt and Corey are all cleaning. And Samantha is, gives Corey a hard time for breaching the contract. She's like, you signed the contract. What is Shouldn't there be, like, I don't know, something that you have to do because you breach a contract? Corey goes to prison. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You tell me. But uh, otherwise, the contract has no value. Does Corey owe a bunch of money to the White House? Does he? 
Does he have to know. give back the money they spent on the Nikishkas? They did technically I would hope so. them. If Corey leaves the situation pocketing the money, he learned nothing. <laughs> um, you're right. That was never addressed. Is that uh, unlike in the past episodes, Corey's had to give people their money back. But um, so this is when we get the lesson of the episode. Um, Victor's like, uh, did you ever? Uh, so so what it is is um, Samantha's like, how do you think that you were gonna? pull this scheme off without me like without us realizing Corey says i thought i'd have an answer for that till everything started blowing up in my face do you think the episode started there and then expanded around it like the writers thought Corey should learn a lesson like this and then they just wrote around it that must be how they're doing this (laughs) there's no other explanation (laughs) to these yeah plots because it's like oh things literally blew up in Corey's face hilarious um and then victor says the the pungent line of a poignant poignant Poignant. pungent pungent is smelly (laughs) yes pungent is smelly uh so it's not a smelly line it's a poignant line um he says uh yeah you had all the answers and never asked yourself the most important question am i doing the right thing is that a logical question to have to for Corey to have asked himself at any point for Corey, yes. For other people, usually I like I don't find that I need to stop and ask myself frequently, am I doing the right thing? Because Victor is actually a very morally corrupt character. Yeah. He's like, always asking himself <laughs> if he's doing the right thing. <sighs> oh, that yeah. That, that's the only explanation for why Victor has this advice. But it, maybe it's just for the Baxters, right? Because it, it is something Corey needs to ask himself very frequently because oftentimes he can say no to that. Um, but Corey says that he avoided asking himself that question because he knew the answer was no. Mm-hmm. Um, Trumbles comes back in for a moment and he wants the Nikishkas uh, for his company because he owns a firework company. Which is funny, I guess. Um, Corey's like, oh, this is my opportunity. And then it takes the force of all four people in the room, Samantha Samuels, Newt, and Mina, and Victor, to hold Corey back and pull him out of the room as he screams, wanting to do business. In the end, he truly learned nothing. No. <laughs> He's, there's nothing. <laughs> he sucks. Like, he's just... Corey uh, cares about two things, right? His money. And... Where, to get, so... the, where to get the best cheesesteak in D.C. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say and not having to sing songs in front of people. Uh, I was going to say himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, pr- pretty much. His own, his own ego. He looks out for me, myself, and I. And that's it. So uh, that's the end of the A plot. Our B plot ends with, uh, we get a Raven reference. Chef Victor is going, we do. Uh, Victor's going to teach Sophie how to ride a bike. And he he says, I taught Corey and I taught my daughter Raven. Now I'm going to teach you. Um, He's also going to teach her in the halls of the White House, which I thought was interesting. So does Sophie get to go outside? No. Okay. 
Um, and then they it's definitely a target for another uh, designated survivor situation. <laughs> keep hold her hostage, get rid of Martinez. Yep. So they they keep her inside at all times. Um, so she's Sophie's caught on though. She knows. Um, Victor's like, yeah, I'm gonna hold on to you the whole time. Sophie's like, are you just saying that? So you'll say you're holding on to me, but then really let go. And Victor's like, I was going to do that, but now I won't. So she gets on the bike and he goes to, to push her. But just before, who steps in from outside uh, President Martinez? He decided to maybe come back from Cleveland early. Or maybe he realized that it didn't take uh, an overnight trip to go to Cleveland. But Chef back. Victor does end up breaking his promise. Uh, what's his promise? To not let go of Sophie. Yes. Yeah, he does. Well, yeah, because he lets go, and then he gives it to the president, and the president wasn't privy to the conversation. So the, the president holds on to it and then lets go. And just like that, uh, the president trips over himself. Sophie then continues riding. And Victor's like, we did it, sir. And the president's like, we did do it. Uh, did you manage to teach her how to stop? And Victor's like, no, I didn't get to that part. And that's that. Sophie just rides off forever. Into the distance. Some say uh, you can still find Sophie riding the halls of the White House on her bike to this day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and thus ends Just Desserts. What a mess of an episode. It was. The, and I, I totally agree. The climax of the episode with the exploding Nikishkas should have been so much funnier than it was. But it uh, wasn't funny because it was the same thing over and over. I think maybe had they... Maybe if there's like one Nikishka that like started to grow and then exploded really big, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done differently. Time, like a timer for the Nikishka just to go off. Yes. Some suspense. Yep. Like, uh, yes, that would have been good. Or even just like, um, when were they going to serve them? At like 5.15. Oh, it's 5.14 now. Like we have a minute. And then at least like maybe. Save them, one. Yeah. Like running to the room and we get more of that just to make it more exciting. Ugh. Um. President's approval rating. We did see him this episode. Uh, all we really know of him is that he's going to Cleveland. And I, you got to think this exploding dessert thing made the paper. <laughs> you have to. Is it a good look for him? No. <laughs> no. Um, maybe the reason why we see so little of Samantha Samuels after this is because Corey is her undoing. <laughs> and she's slowly and slowly given less and less responsibility until she's just straight up fired from the White House. I mean, she can't rein in Corey. No. Uh, so last last time we saw the president, so last week we gave an approval rating to Newt. The week before, we did see the president. We gave him a 30%. Um, and that was the episode in which he was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom. Well, I feel <laughs> like 25%. A 5% drop for the dinner explosion is reasonable yes uh, i i agree with that whatever he was doing in cleveland in no way made up for the fact that back 
back on his own turf. Well, 36 mind, desserts he exploded. He leaves Cleveland early for Sophie, so he didn't even fulfill that obligation. <laughs> so we could be seeing a 10% drop depending on what he had to do in Cleveland. Oh my gosh. He's, he's a disaster of a president. Um, Ren, like, I... I'm just so stuck on it at this point. It's not even funny how Corey is still allowed to be in the White House. How is he still allowed to be in there? He's a genuine security risk. I'm surprised that he has not, like, accidentally killed someone at this point. What if someone had a heart attack? What if one of the super stressed out people had a heart attack? Yeah. Half a dozen pastries presumably maybe one of them even ate one of them before mm-hmm. the was on it just exploding all around them yeah he's very lucky that what if no one landed on someone when he blew up <laughs> he would have killed them if dr bushwhack was underneath the table that koi fell on <laughs> she would have been crushed to death by ragdoll Corey. Uh, yeah I feel great about 25% I think that that's the only thing that makes sense uh, did you have any roses for this episode uh, Victor speaking with Sophie at, in the very last scene referencing Raven <laughs> um, to me it was Corey's contract I wish that there were more repercussions but I like that the White House is starting to realize how much of a threat Corey is to the nation and trying yeah. to at least lock it down. Um, if I were the White House, I would just kick him out. But where that's maybe not an option, maybe Chef Victor's food is really that good that you <laughs> can't afford to to lose him. But that was my rose. I like that the show acknowledged and continues to acknowledge that Corey is always um, causing a ruckus. What was your bud? Your like the thing that you want more of, if anything? Uh. I'll go with Victor and Sophie again. He had a good little father dynamic there. Mm-hmm. Might as well use that, use him some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not, I mean, mind you, we haven't seen the First Lady, but I'm going to say that Chef Victor is more of a parent to Sophie than the First Lady is. Yeah, I agree. I don't know where she is, but she's definitely absent. Um, I said uh, that Sophie, like, wrestling with the idea of her dad being the president and her father something i would like to see continue to be a theme in this show because she clearly craves the attention and wants her dad to always be there for her and in this case he was able to i would love to see a situation where he just isn't able to like he he cannot be there for her and how she has to cope on her own with it um least favorite part of the episode your thorn this is Corey at his worst Mm-hmm. Um, you know how the finale of Seinfeld is <laughs> is all of them on trial for the terrible things that they've done yeah um, that could have been a direction that they could have taken Corey at the end of this show and I feel confident only now watching eight episodes of Corey in the house that they could have put Corey on trial and he would have been put away for a long long time um, how long? How long? Life. How long can you lock Corey away for, for life. life? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
He is a threat to our national security. He knows secrets, right, about the White House that he's not supposed to know. He, uh, like, he's familiar with some of the secret passages. He, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. Um, my thorn was the montages, um, both of them. I don't like Corey in the House's use of montages. They're boring. Yeah, the montages were very boring. Yeah. So that was it for me. I just feel like they, they waste my time and I'd rather the episodes be 17 minutes without a montage than 21 minutes with a montage. Uh, and finally, what was your overall score for the episode? I'm giving it a three. Wow. I felt tired watching it. You're that low on it. I, it exhausted me. Um, so, I mean, I here's the thing. So I... I think it was not a great episode. Mm -hmm. Did I feel like it was the worst episode? No. And I think that it's mainly because of like concept because let let, let me argue that point though. Let Mm -hmm. me argue that point. Okay. This this is episode a hundred. This is episode 113. This is supposed to be the 13th script written for Corey in the house. Yeah. Written by the guy who wrote the pilot clearly meant to like honor the fact that he wrote the pilot. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that there should have been more quality control for this episode. So I, I get that, but I'm going to say that it, it wasn't the, like the last episode of Corey in the house okay. that, that happened. So I, I get that. It really should have been an episode that pops, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it, it was not the end all be all for Corey in the house. And even if it was, it was enough to get the show more episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if this this was the first 13 that they saw and this was the last episode that was screened to the, the producers or um, Disney Channel. I would actually just assume more. it was the last one written by the staff. Mm-hmm. I don't think producers watched Corey in the house. <laughs> they just threw money at it and checked on their accounts every once in a while. Um, I went with a five. You went with a five? That feels so high. It's my reason why is the episode, even though the exploding Nikishka's that bit wasn't funny. Conceptually, it's funny. Even even with that worthless B plot, though, (laughs) if if there's nothing there, it's it felt like. I don't know. I really like, I like the summary. I like being able to say in this, like this is the episode of Corey in the house where Corey made 36 explosive desserts and delivered them to a room full of overly stressed people. I like that Corey in the house reduced to the sentence. And even though the execution is so unfunny that I can't enjoy it. Yeah. I got to stick with my five with it i'm feeling because then i also don't i i think that we've seen i feel like i've seen worse episodes than than this of Corey in the house or in life um because Corey in the, the house, house it, 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 <laughs> we're rating Corey on the house Corey in the house on its own scale in its own thing yes it is not, <laughs> not compared to anything no uh in compared to other episodes of Corey in the house this feels like the middle to me for me, this is this is the one I've been Thus the most far. bored by. Um, I'm trying to think. 
like the uh we built this kitty on rock and roll episode that one to me feels worse than this episode i think the for me this one and the pilot are and yeah two low points for me and the, the pilot as well to me felt like uh like not a good episode either like this feels um not like the best cory that we've seen but it doesn't feel like the worst which is why know. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in that five. Red, we've seen, back to the, the Red, we, we've seen we've seen eight epi- we've seen eight episodes. Two of them, you just so you said what this one and the pilot are your two least favorite. I think I'd say so. So okay, so that means this is like in your twenty five percent. Yeah. So your rating feels right to me. I feel like we built this kitty into rock and roll. It was worse than this one. <clears throat> I feel like. Well, I mean, I have the episode list as well. Um, I felt like the everybody uh, actually no, I liked that one. The eight, eight Miss Bahavian. Mm, yeah, that one. That was that was a growing pains episode. That was definitely a growing pains episode. The pilot, right? That's and then bad. you and I disagreed with Napper's delight. That was an episode yep. that I was not was not super high on. So that's four episodes right there. That of the eight that we've seen not including this one that I felt were worse than this episode. I'm just surprised based on your commentary on this episode. Like Corey's a terrible person. And at this point, that's not going to be something that I feel like is going to make me think it's any worse of, of an episode. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, for me, it's not Corey being bad that weighs it down. It's the episode being bad. It's, it's the, like the writing and, and stuff. And the, the execution is not there. No. But the uh, the concept for me is this concept was more gripping than Corey dressing up and going on live TV to be in a band with Sophie. Like this episode conceptually, that single sentence was better <laughs> than all of we built this kitty on rock and roll. So this episode fleshed out, not great but not as bad as, like I said, as those other episodes I, I just mentioned. Oh, this one, this one just felt... It's a shame this one doesn't have an IMDb review. <laughs> but uh, let, me, let me find a quick, uh, see what anyone has to say on YouTube. <laughs> Comment. All right. <clears throat> YouTube Angel Amira said this one year ago. Mm-hmm. I love this program. Can I order 200 bomb pastries for Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday? Please, Corey. Success for this channel. Some bomb pastries. <laughs> <sighs> it's the boomer of it all. It's the <laughs> it's the the sentence. The if I can reduce the episode of Corey in the House to a sentence that I think is ridiculous enough. I feel okay enough about the episode. Oh, it's just not enough for me. Um, it's And I'm not saying it's a, a great episode because it wasn't. Mm. But like, and we also just came off of two episodes that felt um, with Rock the Vote and Smells Like School Spirit being so strong together, like as a duo, mm-hmm. that this is going to feel worse than that but to me definitely feels better than where we started out. The first few episodes we were watching of this were rough. So. We only have two more know. episodes from this writer. 
Oh, that's good. But yeah, uh, the next one by him is episode ten, and 10. it's also it's production episode one hundred three. Yeah, so it's part of the first thirteen. <sighs> um. All right. So that's where we stand. Um. I almost feel like at one point we'll need to. Um. I don't know when we'll be appropriate if it'll be like at the end of the first season, but. I feel like I'll need to maybe not re-rate all the episodes because that doesn't feel right, but maybe give like give them a tier or something to just. I think it would be appropriate to re-rate them with a. Yeah, because it's because we're if we're rating them in a bubble in a vacuum, which we are, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel right to, um, give an episode like a really high rating just to find out that it really is a middle ground Corey episode. Yeah. Or in this case. In the and we'll redefine what's a good episode and what's a bad episode. Yeah, because in, in the grand scheme of things, I think this episode is probably more bottom tier. But yeah. right now, like in my my thinking about it and comparing it to what I have to go off of, it's middle ground for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think at one point we'll need to do that, Ren, just to um, so our, our list feels. Um, yeah, I agree. Feels better. So, all right. Um, so, anything else on this episode? Not for me. I feel done. Yeah, I, I feel feel done with it as well. We can go ahead and, and pack away just desserts and look towards the future, which is uh, next week's episode, season one, episode nine, Bahavian Idol, which should be fun. Don't know anything about it, but I think we'll enjoy it. So, all right, Rand. It's, it's always good to get a look into Bahavia. Yeah, um, they just love... Love teaching us about it. I feel like we're going to be Bahavian experts by the end of this show. The first ever Bahavian <laughs> culture enthusiasts. <sighs> All right, Ren. Thank you so much. And uh, to those who are listening, if you go ahead and, and like this content, you can uh, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And otherwise, uh, we will catch you here next week. Uh, our episodes are every Monday. And so uh, you can look for that in your podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. So thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. All right, bye. Bye.